I, the Holy Spirit, has power, and he wants you to have it. He wants you to use it. I'm Roger Crickler. This is Spirits, Weapons, and Warfare. In this episode, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit and his power and how we receive it and how we use it, and also a little bit about his ministry. Hello and welcome back. Now we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit and his power to begin with, and we'll talk about his ministry in a little bit. But I wanted to start out with the power because that is in our spiritual warfare training where we get everything that we need to defeat Satan. So just some uh, historical perspective on this. As we know, the Holy Spirit is a part of God. He's part of the Trinity of God. He's the third person, if you will. His power was first seen in the act of the creation, uh, for it was his power. The world came into being in Genesis 1.1. The Holy Spirit also empowered men in the Old Testament to bring about God's will. So the Holy Spirit has been around for a long time. Uh, his, when Jesus was on the earth, he was filled with the Holy Spirit, as it says in Luke 4, 1. He uh, led, was led by the Spirit, as in Luke 4, 14, and empowered by the Spirit to perform miracles, as noted in Matthew 12, 28. Now, we have that same power as believers, because when we turned our life over to the Lord, the Holy Spirit came and now dwells in us. And he brings that same power. Now, why do, why do we say that? It's because after Jesus had ascended to heaven, the Spirit equipped the apostles to perform the miracles that Jesus had sent them out to do. And we have that same responsibility and same powers today. So the power of the Holy Spirit was manifested among all believers of the early church through the dispensation of spiritual gifts, such as speaking in tongues, prophecy, teaching, wisdom, and more. Today, those things still exist. Not everybody has all the same gifts. It's like the body of Christ has different operating points, like the body of, the, of a human, right? Fingers have a different role than the arm, than the leg, and so forth. There's different parts of the church body that has different gifts, and they do different things. So just because you can't do one particular thing doesn't mean that your gift and what the Holy Spirit wants for you and what God's plan for you is is not real. It doesn't exist. It does. It's just that different people have different gifts. And that all those who put their faith in Jesus Christ are immediately and permanently indwelled by the Holy Spirit, as shown in eight, Romans 8.11. So we have the Holy Spirit. Don't doubt that, because doubting is one of Satan's greatest tactics on getting the believer to say, I'm not worthy, that I can't do these things. Because when that happens, one, Satan wins, you lose, 
And it's hard to recover from that. So don't ever start doubting yourself. Just turn to the word and know that what Romans 8, 11 says, all those who put their faith in Jesus Christ are immediately and permanently, permanently indwelled by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit still works through people today. So don't doubt that. So the other thing that the Holy Spirit has done in the realm of spiritual warfare, and this is interesting to note, he has a ministry for Satan. And that ministry is that the Holy Spirit is the restraining spiritual force that limits the power of Satan. So when Satan tries to do something, if it stretches beyond the limits that the Holy Spirit has set forth, it doesn't happen. The Holy Spirit has set limits on what power Satan can, can use. And so it says in Isaiah 59, 19, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. So there it is, is that the Holy Spirit has put limitations on what Satan can do. And that is a blessing for us who are fighting him. So, but when the end times come, not a spoiler alert, don't want to get ahead of myself, but when the Holy Spirit is removed from the world, then the spirit of the Antichrist will have control over that time period. And the Antichrist is expected to be an evil world leader. So we'll get into that when we get into the final battle and so forth. But we just want to talk about now about the Holy Spirit and his power and how it helps us fight Satan. And when we use our weapons, prayer being one, fasting being one, binding and loosening being one, these are weapons that we order up, if you will, but the Holy Spirit is the power that makes it happen so that Satan is defeated. Again, our, our willpower is nothing. Without the Holy Spirit in us, we do not have the power to fight Satan. And that's unfortunate for the non-believer because they are captured in the claws of Satan, if you will, that they don't even know they're getting beat up. And so that's why when we have the opportunity to spread the gospel that like we're supposed to do, then we witness to these people and that cons consequently it may feel, make them feel convicted and then that's the Holy Spirit working on them. That's God softening their heart so that maybe they may turn to be a believer. But we initiated it with our first conversations with them. So like the Bible says, consequently, when we witness to people, we are engaging in spiritual warfare to set the captives free from spiritual bondage. So... It's imperative that we understand the Holy Spirit. He is our battle buddy. He is our power behind the weapons that we're going to be learning in this series of videos.
So now let's look at some examples of how Satan attacks us and then how the Holy Spirit um, power helps to counterattack uh, his, his trying to defeat us. One area is, first of all, the, the battle is in the mind. It's thoughts. It's, I'll, I'll equate it to this. If, when I was in the military, we trained on uh, improvised explosive devices, IEDs. And one of the things that uh, the enemy tried to do was plant small bombs in the road so that when our guys were walking by, they'd light them off, you know, hurt them, kill them, wound them. But then as the first responders would come, then there would be more people around and the enemy would light off a bigger bomb, hurting even more people. And so that's how Satan attacks us in our mind. He first plants a thought, and it could be a random thought. You can be even praying, and you'll get you know these weird thoughts in your head. They are from Satan. It's a spiritual cause. That's the rationale behind that. So when these seeds, these thoughts, are planted in our mind by Satan, we need to attack them and get rid of them, or we run the risk of acting on those thoughts. So the small bomb is the thought, and the big bomb is taking action on that thought, whether it be drinking or you know, uh, drugs or alcohol or adultery, whatever the case may be, but you need to attack it immediately. Now, in the natural world, we would call that propaganda. The uh, enemy always tries to plant false propaganda, whether it be over the radio, newspapers, whatever the case may be, to try to get to the soldiers and plant propaganda and make us think we've lost the war. Who knows whatever they might say. This was a big thing that Hitler did in World War II, right? With his state-run media that he planted propaganda that, you know, fooled the people and tried to make American and allied forces believe that certain battles were lost when they weren't. So uh, we have to be aware that the battle is in our mind, that Satan attacks our mind, because it's a kind of a complex thing, our mind, and that's where Satan tries to attack. So the other thing that is imperative as a good, effective spiritual warrior is being obedient to the Word, to God, and to the Holy Spirit. Remember earlier I said the Holy Spirit is sensitive, and he would be offended if you tried to quench what he's asking you to do. Kind of like I said, if you're quenching a fire, you're throwing water on it. Same thing here. If you're quenching what the Holy Spirit wants you to do, you're offending him, and, and, and uh, he may pull away. But we don't want to do that. So we need to stay obedient to the Holy Spirit, and what he wants us to do. And so one way we do that is that we have to stay in constant communication with him. Just like in the natural world, when we're on the front line, we're always talking back 
to the command post or to artillery or to air cover, cap cover, whatever the case may be, but we're always communicating with somebody about what's going on around us. And that's the same thing with the Holy Spirit. We have to stay in communication with them because Satan is going to try everything he can to to sever the communications between us and God. He will do that, like I said, by planting seeds in our mind, by just trying to destroy the communication between us and the Holy Spirit. So, and what happens is, is if he is successful at that, and we stop communicating with the Holy Spirit, we can run the risk of running out of what I'll call spiritual power. And when that happens, we cease to be effective. And we we can't let that happen. So you must constantly receive his instructions, encouragement through prayer and the study of of his word. The other thing that all soldiers, if you've served, you know, you can't be afraid. We cannot be afraid of Satan, his demons, false prophets, anything that he throws against us. We cannot be afraid of that. Because one, the Holy Spirit lives in us. The other is Satan is already lost, but he fails to recognize that. And that's why he tries to continuously, I call, torment us by his little terrorist cells and him that he wants to make sure that we do not successfully live with the Lord forever, believe in the Lord, or any of that. He wants us to pardon the French, but rotten hell with him. And we don't want to do that. So the the wars, as anybody knows, are lost in the mind before they're lost on the ground. If we feel defeated, we're defeated. You know, so we have to stay in communication with the Holy Spirit and keep our courage up by receiving information from him that uplifts us makes us feel that we are not alone, that the Holy Spirit is right there. He's in us. We know that. And he's right there with us, fighting alongside us and actually leading the fight in a lot of ways in that telling us what to do, what to say, what weapons to use so that he can enforce the actions behind those weapons that we order up or release, if you will. So we have to stay courageous and know that the Holy Spirit, he's not going to forsake us. The Lord said that he would never forsake us. The Holy Spirit being part of the Trinity, he is not going to forsake us. So you'll never doubt that. So now that we've looked at a little bit about how Satan can attack us and how we need to stay in communication with the Holy Spirit, I want to share with you uh, some of the weapons that I use uh, that are from the Bible when Satan tries to attack my mind, tries to plant that seed of doubt or, or anything in my mind. I try to take control of it because God said, take control or take every thought captive. So what I say is Satan, get out of my head in the name of Jesus. Now, 
in the name of Jesus is where the power comes from, right? I'm ordering up the, the command. Satan, get out of my head. There's the command. In the name of Jesus, there's the power. And that's the Holy Spirit. Because again, Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So order up what you want done. And in the name of Jesus, and that is one weapon. Now, the other thing that I say is after I say, Satan, get out of my head in the name of Jesus, I say, stronger is he that is in me that is in the world. Now, I say that to uplift myself, that I am stronger. I am not going to be defeated because the Holy Spirit does live in me. And that because of that, I am stronger than Satan who's living in the world. Because they say even the Antichrist back in Jesus' time roamed the earth, and he still does today. So I say that in the name of Jesus, uh, first of all, I say, Satan, get out of my head in the name of Jesus. Stronger is he that is in me that he is in the world. And so that helps uplifts me. Now, the other things that you can say is other spiritual weapons is the power of binding and loosening. And we're going to go into this a lot more later, but I just want to give you another example of the Holy Spirit's power after we call up a command, if you will. So it might go like this. So Satan, I bind you from entering my mind in the name of Jesus. Now there it is, the command what to do, the action item, if you will, in the name of Jesus. So you can come up with your own creative words, but the power of binding and loosening is a very powerful weapon that God has left us. So I say, Satan, I bind you from entering my mind in the name of Jesus. And right after that, I say, I loosen the angels in the name of Jesus to stand around me, to post around me, to protect me in the name of Jesus. So you want to bind the strong man, which is one of the very first things you have to do. And we'll talk about that more later. But just real quickly, think about if you were trying to burglarize a guy's house, you can't do anything till you take care of the big guy, right? So you have to bind him so that he will not stop you from robbing the place, right? So it's the same thing in spiritual warfare, binding the strong man. And you do that with binding Satan in the name of Jesus. So then you loosen the angels to post around you, to be in your heart, to do whatever you think is needed at the time for that particular type of an act. But the point is, it's the Holy Spirit behind the power of binding and loosening. So these are some of the weapons that we'll be talking about some more, but I wanted to give you here as an example of how we battle back against Satan and some examples of the Holy Spirit's power. So now let's turn our attention to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I think 
besides many things that the Holy Spirit does for us and while we're here on this side of death, one of the main things that he does is he convicts. It is the Holy Spirit that convicts of sin to draw men and women to Jesus. You could not become a believer without this ministry of the Holy Spirit. Now, think about that for a little bit. You remember maybe before you were a believer, how people that were believers would talk to you and how you would feel. Maybe you felt offended. Maybe you felt like, get away from me. But what was going on? They were making you look inside yourself and see the truth about yourself. That was the Holy Spirit and God softening your heart to hopefully you would turn to God and become a believer. But prior to that, you were being convicted of all the things that you knew you did wrong because you do know right from wrong. That's built into us uh, through, through God weaving us in the womb. So besides the Holy Spirit being around and the active participation of the creation of the earth, uh, where he hovered above the waters, the Holy Spirit ministers the written word of God. He brought men, holy men, that he guided and and put the word of God in them so that they could write it down to create the holy scriptures and the holy Bible. So he was very involved with bringing God into words. He enlightens human hearts so that we can understand what God has written in his book, the Bible, and so that we can understand it. Because the parables, the stories, and so forth, you have to dig deep to understand what's going on. But it's the Holy Spirit that's teaching you and guiding you. Remember, that's part of his job, is to guide us, teach us, bring all things to memory. So it's very important that we know that about the Holy Spirit's ministry. He empowers us. It says that in Matthew 12, 28, but if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come up unto you, meaning that the Holy Spirit lives in you. So he did that with the disciples. He's done that with others since uh, 2,000 years ago. You can be filled by the Holy Spirit. As Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned to Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So the Spirit leads us, and that's something that we should strive for, being led by the Spirit, because He knows where He wants to take us, and obviously He wants to keep us from doing anything that would cause us to stray away from God or even unfortunately, you know, have a spiritual death and never see God in heaven. He does not want that at all. So for sinners, he he tells them the truth. He tries to show them their ways of doing things wrong and hopefully letting them determine on their own that, yes, I want to become a follower of God and turn my life over to Jesus. So he helps in that conviction as well. For believers, he keeps us 
convicted so that we know right from wrong, so that if we get a bad thought, Satan plants something in our mind, that if we don't take care of it right away, one of the things that happens is we're convicted of it. We know it's wrong. That's the Holy Spirit working on our behalf while he's in us. He's telling us, hey, that's a bad thought. Do something about it. Get out of my head, Satan, in the name of Jesus. For stronger is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Again, reassuring myself through myself that I am stronger because of the Holy Spirit living in me than he is in the world. So the Holy Spirit does that. He regenerates us. He gives us more energy. You know, I think one of the reasons that we get around other believers is that we get beat up during the week and that we have to get around other believers and get regenerated so that we can make it through the next week. So the Holy Spirit has a multitude of ministries on this earth, but these are just some of the, the highlight ones. And just remember, the Holy Spirit's powerful indwelling is an amazing gift that we should never take lightly. So thank you. Next week, next episode, we're going to be talking about prayer. It's our powerful weapon. We want to make sure that our prayers are effective. So what is the essentials of effective praying? We're going to go over that. So please join me for the next episode. Until then.